Greetings and salutations to everybody out there in podcast land. This is the Judo Chop Suey Podcast, and I'm your host, Judo Dave Roman. Very happy to be with you here on a special New Year's edition of the Judo Chop Suey Podcast. Should old acquaintance be forgotten, never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot and old lang sign? I don't even know what that means, but doesn't matter because I'm not talk. I'm not here to talk about um, the lyrics to old lang sign or whatever it's called. I'm here to talk about judo, and there's plenty to talk about. For those of you who've been listening to the show over the past few weeks, I'd like to thank you and and welcome you back. Welcome back. Um, if there's new listeners to the program, I'd like to welcome you to the show. I want to let you all know that this is a judo-centric podcast, and I will not be talking about many other topics that that happen outside of judo, but to tell you the truth, I would be remiss if I didn't mention anything about UFC 207 and that fight uh, with Ronda Rousey and Amanda Nunez, so... I'm not one to break down the UFC, but here it goes. She lost. All right, that's it. That's the breakdown for UFC 207. And that's the um, that's the end of the Judo Chop Suey podcast. I'd like to thank you for coming. Um, if you want to reach out to me on Twitter, my handle is at La Vida Judoka. If you want to reach out to me on email, wait, wait, what? You, you, don't, you want me to continue with this podcast? All right, well, that works for me. Well, let's cut the music here. And we can talk about a little bit about UFC 207. I also have some updated news about the IJF rules and some tidbits of information that I was able to gather from Neil Adams himself, the voice of judo. But before I continue with anything else, I feel that I want to comment on UFC 207. To start off with, I thought it was an excellent pay-per-view, top two, almost bottom. Now, of course, I had some interest in this particular pay-per-view because of Ronda Rousey. She has been the trailblazing pioneer for women's mixed martial arts, especially in the UFC. And she's had an incredible run, but her time has come and it is gone because Amanda Nunez just completely annihilated her in that particular match. And I thought Ronda was going to come out and show something new, and she didn't. She, she, in terms of her striking, she's light years behind what the other women are at in terms of striking ability. Slip the jab. I mean, quite frankly, I'm a horrible boxer. I've, I've never really done it. She looked like me throwing punches out there, and, and that's saying a lot. Girly man. I'm a little surprised. I'm very surprised, I should say that after a year off or over a year off that nothing has changed in that regard in, with her game Slip the jab. and she she was just thoroughly outclassed amanda nunez looked like a like like a really really experienced boxer and she probably is she has had the right kind of coaching and amanda nunez was very critical of ronda's coach i don't re- remember his name but i thought Nunez's comments on Ronda's coach were spot on and I think the women have have caught up to Ronda 
And I think that's a good thing for mixed martial arts overall. You got to remember, Ronda, when she came into women's mixed martial arts, she was like the USA basketball to the rest of the world 25 years ago. Yeah, there I go again with my basketball reference. But it's true. 25 years ago, when the first Dream Team happened, the world was not ready for that brand of basketball. They've never really seen it. They never had the right coaches coming over from from the United States to teach them how to play basketball the way that they do in the United States. But the rest of the world caught up. And that's exactly what's happened with Ronda Rousey. The world of women's mixed martial arts caught up to Ronda Rousey. I still think she's a phenomenal athlete. I still think if she wanted to pursue mixed martial arts that she could under a different coach, but she has to do something different. Because what she's been doing over the past four years, which I can't believe it's been that long, but it has been. Over the past four years in the UFC, um, everybody's caught up to her. And, and now she she's either going to have to expand her game or she's going to have to quit. Personally, I think she's done. Not that I'm rooting against Ronda to fail. I, I never have. I've, I, I've actually been indifferent about Ronda Rousey in terms of judo. A lot of people say that she represents judo in mixed martial arts and i i don't believe that for a second uh i think she represents herself i think she represents women's mixed martial arts and she's certainly been an inspiration to many women around the world to pursue a career in mixed martial arts i don't think she has been that kind of influence for judo and and i think there's a lot of people out there who think that she has and Granted, I'm sure there's some clubs around the United States that have seen a, a slight uptick in membership for for the ladies because of Ronda Rousey. But for me, I don't see her as as a judoka representing mixed martial arts. She did a lot of judo in her matches. She won by arm bars. She did a lot of throws. But I don't believe that we're going to see ever any type of uptick in judo membership because of ronda rousey perhaps when kayla harrison if she ever makes it to the ufc she she may be able to garner more interest into judo but what people need to remember judo is its own thing brazilian jiu-jitsu is its own thing greco-roman wrestling is its own thing mixed martial arts is its own thing I don't think you're going to see people jumping into judo clubs to learn judo for mixed martial arts. I think there's already been a standard established for what it takes to be a great mixed martial arts fighter. And a lot of these guys may have a base coming from a traditional martial art going into mixed martial arts, but I don't believe... Going, You're going to see an uptick in membership ever for judo. It doesn't matter if Kayla Harrison does mixed martial arts. It doesn't matter if Shohei Ono does mixed martial arts later on in his uh, career. I don't think you're going to ever see the kind of uptick that Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu has seen over really over the past 20 years because Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu has been tied to mixed martial arts since in the, since its inception. But judo is its own thing. 
It'll always be its own thing. And there's no shame in it being its own thing. I, I hear people sometimes talk about, well, you know, wrestling and nogi jiu-jitsu is better for mixed martial arts than judo will ever be. And my response to that is, you're right. Because judo is its own thing. It's its own sport. And there's no shame in it being its own sport. Shame. 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 Judo has its own identity. Perhaps people in judo may not be able to go into wrestling competitions or Greco-Roman competitions or Brazilian jiu-jitsu competitions and throw people around with ease. But conversely... Brazilian jiu-jitsu players, Greco-Roman players, wrestlers, they can't come into high-level judo competitions and throw judoka around with ease either. So judo is its own sport. Now, granted, some of these other guys who are young and athletic, they can come into a local judo comp, go against a ham, ham and egger like myself, and and catch me. It's, it's certainly possible. I'm not going to discount that. But Judo is its own martial art. It's got its own vocabulary. It's got its own syllabus. It's its own thing. So I'm sure there are some people out there that may look at Ronda's loss and say, ah, you see, you know, judo doesn't really help for mixed martial arts at all. But I don't believe that Ronda went into mixed martial arts in order to advertise for judo. She did it for herself. Kayla Harrison is doing mixed martial arts for herself. And I wish them both whatever success that they may find in, in the future. Uh, as for Rhonda, it wouldn't surprise me if she retired and went into action movies. I think she's still very marketable. She isn't even 30 yet. And I think she has a bright future in Hollywood. I would love to see Rhonda come back to judo and contribute again, but... I think her star power right now is so big that I don't foresee that happening anytime soon. She may um, she may become like a celebrity judoka and, you know, maybe, I don't know, go around talk shows and maybe demonstrate a few judo techniques here and there. But I can't ever imagine her coming back to judo in any full-time capacity, say, open her own club. Um, give back to USA Judo, stand on their executive committee. Not that she'd probably want to do that anyway, but I don't see her committing her life to doing judo anytime soon. I think she should take advantage of the opportunities that are that are going to be presented to her. Uh, and that's going to likely be either mixed martial arts coaching or uh, or more Hollywood movies, and that's not a bad thing. I Last time I heard, I, I hear they do pretty well in Hollywood. So I wish her the best. I hope she doesn't come back to the UFC and continue to embarrass herself. That I, I, I that would be very disappointing to see. I want to get back to talking about the IGF rules. Again, there was a slight revision that came out on December 26th with some of the rules and on December 31st the voice of judo Neil Adams had a live stream on his Facebook page but before I get to what Neil Adams said I'd like to cover some of the changes that the IJF made in regards to how they felt 
the rules changes over the past four years, or really past six years, went. Now, some of the minor points on the rule changes that were not in the press release a few weeks ago that I'll cover here is there's a section that they added called throw and counterattack, and some of the bullet points stated... In a case of attack and counterattack, the first competitor landing on the own body will be considered the loser. That's a really unusual way to put um, who's going to score what in that situation. I'm not quite sure. I I would need to see an example by the IJF on what they're talking about on this bullet point. Uh, There's a second bullet point that they state. If a score can be given, it will be assigned. And in the case of two athletes land together, no score will be given. Um, It also states that if an action is led by a competitor after the landing, this action will not be counted. And any action after landing will be considered a Nawaza action. Um, There was also an amendment in in, uh, the rule set on the IJF site that gripping inside the sleeve will still be penalized. Now, A few weeks back, I thought that was going to, with the gripping changes, that that was going to include gripping inside the sleeve. But but I guess they clarified that a little bit more, that it's not going to include gripping inside the sleeve. Um, There's going to be an IJF refereeing and coaching seminar held in a city called Baku in Azerbaijan. I, I, I guess that's a country... I, I'm sure I mispronounced that horribly. Judoka coaches, fans, and, and the media will be able to watch the Baku seminar live from January 67, 2017 on the ITF YouTube channel, uh, www.youtube.com forward slash judo. So I'm going to do my very best to watch this seminar because they're going to go over some of the specifics on how the rules are going to change. And they will likely give video examples of what they're talking about in some of these bullet points. Because, as I've said before, I think the IJF puts up an English version of their news releases translated into a different language. Because just some of the, some of the wording and such is not really what I'm accustomed to reading in terms of American English or British English. It's just... The, the, the wording and, and the sentence structure just seems a little odd. It's as if they are taking a document from one language, putting it through Google Translate, and publishing that on their site. Now, as I stated earlier, Neil Adams had a live Facebook chat on the 31st, and he went into details about how judo will be officiated. Uh, according to him, and I, I didn't know this, Neil is on the committee that brought about some of these rule changes. What, what, what? So I wanted to break down for you guys some of what he said. You can go on his Neil Adams Effective Fighting Facebook page to, to see the entire chat. But I wanted to break down some of the things that he talked about because he was on the committee. And he had some interesting comments that I wanted to highlight. So... The kumikata changes and the 45 seconds to attack change uh, was made because they recognized the fighters needed more time to set up their attacks and generate the action and reaction necessary to create a throwing opportunity. Now, I agree with that. 
somebody who is everybody at the world world level have exceptional gripping but there are some fighters that are even more exceptional than those who are exceptional Iliadis comes to mind for example these guys you know once the competitors would get a grip on these guys they would have to do something immediately and it was giving them very little time to do anything. Now, if you look at old judo clips of Shi'ai, and I'm talking about from the 50s and 60s, if you look at old competition footage, one thing that you would see is, well, one, they didn't go through all of the gripping strategies like they did, like they do today. That That's a relatively new thing compared to judo as a whole and its entire existence. But back then, the competitors were allowed to to have the time for throws to develop. Judo, it takes time. It Certain things happen. Every little... When you watch an old match, you can clearly see that a story of the contest itself is being told. You can see the competitors trying to find their weak spots and trying to play with their balance to see what the best opportunity to perform or throw is. Because back then, they didn't have scouts. They didn't have the kind of uh, video and uh, video and scouting that they do today. Now, I'm not suggesting that they go back to the way things were in the 50s, but clearly the players in, in today's competitive judo need more time to set up their throws. So, so I agree with Neil and, and the committee's decision to increase the, the uh, action to 45 seconds once you take a grip, so long as you're doing positive things. Now, negative judo will continue to be penalized as it should be. And, you know, as I stated a couple weeks ago on this podcast, I think the changes in terms of kumikata are a great thing. And much needed, and I think it's going to lead to an exciting brand of judo over the next four years. Now, here's a thing that I took a little bit exception to. Well, not exception, but I disagree with Neil on this. But again, Neil is somebody who has forgotten more judo than I know. So, Neil went on to talk about the scoring changes, and he... He believes that competitors will gravitate toward the lower score to get the win. And the committee believed that they needed a higher score for competitors to aim at because over the years, the competitors were aiming to get the lower score. So when the coca existed, they were looking to get the coca. When, you know, and for years, you know, when they eliminated the coca and added the yuko. Now, I'm not saying players never went for the pawn. But if it's a tough match, they're just going to look to get the Yuko and, and try and ride that score out to the very end. Or in worst case, they would, in, they would induce the other player, the other competitor to get a Shido and try and win a match by Shido. Because that, that's, now that's eliminated. And again, I think that's another great thing that the IJF has done, that you cannot win a match in regulation by Shido. I, I think that's fabulous. He stated that the committee had debated about making it just Yuko and Ipon only, but they felt, again, that, that 
the competitors would gravitate toward a lower score. Um, something else he said, with, which I thought was kind of humorous, the, the Kodokan was actually a part of these discussions. And he stated that the Kodokan pushed to have the Wazari and Ippon scores only. Now, I can't imagine for one second that the Kodokan would have been like, we want Wazari and Ippon only. But in their mind, I would think that in their mind, when they pushed for Wazari and Ippon only, they were thinking that the two Wazari would, uh, uh, would add up to one Ippon. So the rest of the IJF committee, and I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall on this. The rest of the IJF committee were like, yeah, that's a great idea. We're just going to completely change the definition of what Wazari has been for decades upon decades upon decades. So the IJF uh, or, or the Kodokan gets their way in one instance, but it's completely nullified by changing the definition of what a Wazari has always been. And again, I, I've stated this before, I hate that change. I, I think, and I've been arguing this for a very long time, that judo should have always been Wazari and Ippon, and two Wazari should always equal one Ippon. That's how it is currently with this new changes. That's how it is going to be in Newaza for Osaikomi. That 10 seconds is they, they reduced the Ippon for, for Osaikomi to 20 seconds. So 10 seconds is Wazari, 20 seconds is Ippon. Now that makes sense because 10 seconds, it, that's half the time needed for an Ippon. So 10 seconds, that's a half point. 20 seconds, that's another half point. That's a full point that you get one point. That's Ippon match over. That's how it should be. But this whole Wazari accumulating and then just reducing the the meaning of Wazari to include what once was Yuko, I don't think that's a good idea. Neil believes that it's going to, that this kind of change is going to have the competitors gravitate toward trying to get the Ippon. I, I, I just don't see it. I hope I'm wrong. Um, he thinks that the coaching changes... Uh, throughout all the levels that, that the coaches are going to gravitate toward getting the larger score. But he, 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 earlier in the, in the discussion, he had stated that players always look to get the lower score. Now, I know Neil is not here to defend himself. I wish he was. Um, you know, maybe one day I can have him on his interview. He seems very, um, he seems very available so it wouldn't. You know, maybe maybe one day I'll have him on a, a, as an interview. I'd love to have him. It would be it would be an honor. Um, but I think what he said earlier in his in his live stream, I th still think it's going to hold true. That coaches are going to coach for their players to get the lower score, especially now that you only have four minutes instead of five minutes in order to achieve any pawn. Neil also talked about uh, leg grabs, and it was kind of funny because he, he had this look on his face like he's sick and tired of people talking about leg grabs, and quite frankly, I don't blame him. The committee had initially debated about having uh, no Hansokumaki on the leg grabs, that it would just be three Shido, but Neil gave the example of, well, you know, what if he's fighting 
Kosei Inui, and he and he happens to be up by half uh, uh, by a Wazari, and it's the final minute, and Inui is going for his famous Uchimata. Now Neil's point is is that well the person who is up the score is going to grab the leg two times in order to prevent that Uchimata from happening, but that's exactly my so so he felt that. By making it the first violation a Shido and the second one Hansokumaki, that that was the way to go. But my argument a few weeks ago is making touching the legs a Shido is basically your your a, a timeout. It's it's a mean it's a free pass to stop the action unless you have two Shido on the board, then you can't use it. But if you've gotten if you've had a clean match, you happen to be up against somebody who's so far superior than you, and you know this person is a specialist. It really any leg throw or 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 any throw in particular, you have a a get out of jail free card with that single grab in the shito. And I, I don't understand why they made the change. You either allow leg grabs or you still keep it Hansokumaki. Because over the past six years, with all the tournaments that I watched, accidental leg grabs were not a problem. Having the legs being grabbed, being uh, equaling a shido first is the equivalent. Again, here's my my basketball reference for the day, or my second basketball reference to the day, is it's your first foul in the last two minutes. You get one foul to 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 use against your competitor, and the next one it's going you're going to have to pay the price for that by losing the match but at least you get the one and i, I don't like that at all i i think i think that's a bad rule i think it's going to backfire neil doesn't seem to seem to think so and i hope he's right because you know i i'm just going to go by by what i would do in that situation um and what i would not want to see is if a match is really close somebody's only up by a by by a wazari is that somebody used that to nullify somebody else's attack i i i want to see the match won on throws and not because somebody managed to stall out the match and and win by taking advantage of the rules that that i hate seeing i mean that's that's a part of sports but i don't like seeing people win like that and as I referenced earlier, earlier Neil, because in the live chat somebody had asked about it, Neil had thought, talked about his uh, thoughts on the leg grab, uh, leg grab ban, and his opinion, and, this, and I, sh- I happen to share this opinion, is that whatever rules you put into place in any sport, it's going to dictate the development of said sport. And... You know, with the initial outrage on the leg grab by people who really aren't competing at that high level, it, it seemed to be over the top because the fighters, he, he, he made it explicitly clear that the fighters at the world level instantly adapted. It wasn't, you know, maybe a few people complained about it publicly, but they instantly adapted. And, and that's exactly what I saw. And that's what I continue to see over the past now seven years is that the only people that really complain about the leg grab ban with any sort of consistency are beginners or guys that are coming over from other 
grappling martial arts. They're the only ones that complain about it. You know, I don't, I've never heard Kayla Harrison complain about a leg leg grab being banned. I've never heard, uh, you know, Teddy Renner, uh, Fabio Basile, uh, any of these people who started judo before that that ban was instituted. I've never heard them complain once about not being able to grab the legs. And I believe that Neil is right that it did dictate judo development. Now, I've said this before that I believe the way to fix the issue with the leg grabs and to get more upright judo was to have the Wazari and Ipon scores only. Because if, if, you, if you watched... Uh, judo prior to 2008 really in in the or two, two, prior to 2010 really in between uh you know because i started judo around 2006 but i did watch some in 2004 so 2004 2008 olympics and some of those competitive cycles it was not very common to see a wazari or ipon score on a leg grab technique a lot of competitors used it to get their their Coca or Yuko, and they would ride out the match and, and stall to, to win. That well, didn't happen every time, but it happened with enough frequency that judo tended to lose its identity on what made judo so special. And what makes judo special is its upright posture. Um, when you look at other grappling arts, wrestlers have a very low uh, uh they have a very low stance. Greco-Roman has a more upright stance, but they do different types of throws. And, you know, you can't, I don't know much about Greco-Roman, but I know you can't do leg trips in Greco-Roman. That's At least that's my understanding. Um, you know, he, Judo had lost its identity and he, he felt, and a lot of people felt on the IJF committee that it was, evolving into a form of freestyle wrestling and that's not what judo is freestyle wrestling is its own thing and, and going back to what i said earlier about mixed martial arts you know there are people out there that say that you know that freestyle wrestling is is better for brazilian jiu-jitsu no gi or gi and it's better for mixed martial arts fine that's Whatever. great but freestyle wrestling is not better for judo development judo is judo freestyle wrestling is freestyle wrestling you know the 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 best judoka in the world don't aspire to go to to the ADCC. They don't aspire to go to mundials. Uh, that's not what their inspirations are. They're not, they're, that's not what their aspirations are. They aspire to be uh, judo Olympic champions and judo world champions. So judo needed to evolve, um, and I, I happen to agree with that. Now, when the rule, when the leg grab ban happened didn't impact my judo very much at all because I, I did not, I was not the type of judoka that went for leg grabs. I mean, they were part of my arsenal, but I was not somebody who continually went for leg grabs uh, to try and get minor scores. Um, and something he said that was very interesting to me is that the International Olympic Committee had told the IJF to get their identity back in terms of judo or else they're going to get kicked out of the Olympics. And I've heard that before. I just never heard anybody with the kind of clout that Neil Adams has 
actually say that. I, I've heard other people on other forums or, or in other different clubs state that, well, the only reason why they did that was to make the IOC happy. Well, apparently that really is true. And if you look at the Olympics, in, in, in I mean, the, the one that comes most recent to me prior to leg grab ban is the 2008 Olympics. You look at those lightweight divisions, it looks very similar to freestyle wrestling. Low stances, bent over stances, a lot of leg diving. It, just, it was really ugly to watch. And I can understand why the IOC would want to make that change uh, or, or make that threat because... It's not, it's not judo at that point. It's, it's jacketed freestyle wrestling. That's what, it, that's what it had become at some of the weight divisions in judo. And it needed to change. And lastly, um, when he was talking about the leg grab rule, he, Neil made it very clear that you're not going to see any leg touches and you're not going to, it's not going to happen and you're just going to have to accept it. That was that was what Neil said almost verbatim. And he again, you know, he kind of had this look on his face, you know, as he was talking about the leg grabs, like almost like rolling his eyes, like here we go again. And I can see his point. I mean, he probably gets asked this question several times a month, and he's probably sick and tired of it. And I, I feel the same way. I mean, I'm not sick and tired of the question, but I have felt ever since they made the rule change and we saw what judo looked like, especially at the lighter weight divisions um, throughout throughout the tournaments ever since they made those changes, it was better. You had more ipon, you had more upright judo. It was much more aesthetically pleasing to watch. And that is why judo's viewership went up over the past uh, few years. It has been up. It's more exciting to watch, and I think a lot of these rules are going to lend itself for a more exciting judo match, with the exception of the definition of Wazari changing. I, I, I don't like that at all. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'll keep hammering that point until they make the change in 2020. I hope they do, because I don't like it. But judo had the change. The leg grabs aren't coming back, and I'm, I'm with Neil on this one. You you know, some of you guys, I keep hammering this point. You know, I see you, you freaks out there in Reddit land. Uh, some of you guys keep hammering the point. It's not going to change, guys. Let it go. Let it go. And <laughs> you're either going to have to accept it or, or, or find another martial art where you can leg dive to your heart's content. Because it, it's just not going to come back. Now, some of you may say, well... You know, then judo or Brazilian jiu-jitsu is more close to the traditional judo than judo is these days. Well, I, I get that point of view, but these competitors, the IJF, they're about making money. The IJF is about continuing to remain relevant in the Olympics. Um, and there, you know, when there's money tied to a martial art and a sport like this, that's many people's jobs. Many people, people are, are not willing to risk their jobs and their livelihood over keeping things traditional. Get on with it. Yes, get on with it. Well, if you made it this far in the podcast, I applaud you. I salute you. And I thank you very much for listening in.
as I said earlier in the podcast, uh, you can reach out to me on Twitter at La Vida Judoka. I've reactivated my Facebook page. If you want to take a look for me on Facebook, you can search for Judo Chop Sui. I, I still need to build up that page and 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 I'm I'm back on Facebook really really only for you guys. I, I don't like that particular social media platform, but it's a necessary evil for me to get the word out of this podcast and for me to to converse with some of you in, in a more uh, intimate way that that Twitter and Instagram and other me- forms of social media just don't provide. So uh, I will have a judo. I do have a judo chop suey page. I need to make it a little bit more available. I need to put uh, pictures of my my handsome face up there and all that kind of stuff. So I do have a page. Uh, it should have the podcast artwork out there, on there I should say. And feel free to follow me, like it, or don't do any of that. You could tell me off if you want. I'm good with that too. Uh, if you want to. Uh, if you want to reach out to me directly via email, it's uh, judo.dave.roman at gmail.com. If you want to get on my uh, subscriber list where I send out a technique of the week every single week, I don't have one of those, but you can also email me anyway just to say what's up. Uh, if you're on Reddit, my handle out there is d underscore rome. And if you're on Instagram, you can follow me at D underscore Rome 40 because I created an Instagram account or updated it when I was 40 years old. That was uh, almost two years ago. I would like to wish everybody out there a happy, safe, and prosperous new year. I hope that all of your training goals that you set out for yourself for this next year, that you are able to achieve all of them. I hope that all of your wildest dreams will come true. I thank you for checking out the podcast. I hope you have a great day, great rest of the week. Train hard, stay safe. I'm out. Open Gangnam Style. Gangnam Style. Open Gangnam Style. Gangnam Style.